Hey guys, this is Crazy Juicy Love. If you're ready to change your life, your finances, and your love life, hiring a coach will dramatically give you results in any area that's important to you. This is season two of Crazy Juicy Love. Why hiring a coach will change your life. Welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. With Dr. Alice Fong. I'm so so excited. All the way from California. That's right. And I must say, this is an interesting story. How are we even met? It is kind of funny. Oh, I met her through Instagram. That's right. After her, we started connecting. I love Mm -hmm. her content. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, let's collaborate. She's like, yes. And we had a phone conversation. And then we discovered we're in the same personal transformation program. That's right. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I know, right? <laughs> opposite ends of the country. Oh, I know. Yeah. The first person that I talked to. <laughs> I know, it's like instant connection. I know, right? It's so crazy, oh my God. Yeah, it is is pretty crazy. Because it's like, it's an intense program. So it's like, you know what I'm going through. (laughs) You've been there. So, (laughs) yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. At the end of that, you are going to know yourself to be somebody who can make shit happen Mm. and I remember when I finished my program people were like how are you doing that and like the stuff you're doing in life like like I was just like introduction to your program I know right (laughs) even now like coaching the program it has changed my coaching game Mm -hmm. like I remember when I was coaching this guy he was like whatever you're doing right now keep doing it because like that like halfway through our session like how we would seven week sessions and I think like week four when I was coaching him like I was like on him and he was like dude whatever you're doing that got me off my ass and I was just he literally started to be in action in his life and he's literally going to Paris for three months in September to study which he wasn't going to do and he just started taking massive action like that is what you're up for in your business. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so talk to me about like how did you be like you're a doctor of neuropathic, you're a neuropathic doctor. Na- like, naturopathic. Naturopathic, sorry. Naturopathic, that's okay. Doctor, like so tell talk to me about that. Like how did you even get into that? Like, did you know that's what you wanted to do? What did you study? Like, how did you even get involved yeah. in being a naturopathic doctor? That's a great question, Jimmy. So my whole story, I actually figured out I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor before I even knew what I was going to major in college, which happened to be psychology, which tied into what I really love is like the mind-body medicine and connection. But basically back, I grew up in Northern California, Santa Rosa, and I I had a weird hobby for a teenager was like gardening (laughs) in my parents' backyard. I loved growing herbs and vegetables. And I was at this like festival in my hometown of Santa Rosa. And I met my first naturopathic doctor there. 
he was telling me what he he does and explaining how it is a four-year medical program that is very pretty much similar to conventional medical school, like two years of the basic sciences, mm-hmm. but it's the second years where we focus on like really treating the whole person, looking at the root cause and really using more natural um, alternative solutions uh, to people's health concerns. And, um, and it just like really resonated with me. And I decided, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. So at the tender age of 17, I went home, I did all this research and I was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. And so it was like a 10 year journey after that, but I made it happen. And um, yeah, I I love what I do. It really actually ties well into this um, this introduction leaders program that I'm working on. It's because it's all about like making a difference in people's lives and really helping empower people to live their best life possible. So Mm -hmm. just because, you know, maybe like the blood tests come back normal, if you're still feeling like ugh in your body, Mm-hmm. then let's like address it. Let's look at what's going on in your relationships. Let's look what's going on in your nutrition, your lifestyle, your stresses, like all of it. And I'm not against pharmaceuticals at all, but right. you know, I think in the everyday um, culture, we kind of like default to the pharmaceutical right. and mm-hmm. it's not that like, we definitely need pharmaceuticals, but it's just like, if that's your first go-to option when there's like so many other things you can do before you go to the pharmaceutical, that that can make a big difference like i always usually start with the foundations of health which is nutrition like right hey maybe let's try cleaning up your diet before you go straight to the pharmaceutical because that can make a huge difference right that's interesting yeah let's go into that it's like so what are like some steps because that's like mm-hmm. that people can take before they start to like take all this medication because it does seem to be the natural go-to for mm-hmm. in today's society about yeah. just like giving drugs, giving medicine, giving mm-hmm. this. And then people start to develop this, like these addictions to drugs. And then they're all medicated. They can't function through life. And especially for depression, like not really mm-hmm. getting to the deep root of what is causing these, this depression, you know, I mean? especially, you know, we did a lot of these transformational work and mm-hmm. once a lot of people get to the deep root of what is causing that, then they then they can have their breakthrough in mm-hmm. their lives. So how do you begin to even tackle that with your clients? Yeah, well, you know, mental mental health is a huge part of my practice. I really want to address their mental and emotional well-being. And depression and anxiety are just, like, rampant in our country and our right. society. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, you know, I think it's it's multifaceted. It's not, like, a one one answer kind of a thing. You know, they're, like, your nutrition can impact it. Like, people are all hyped up in sugar and junk food that, that actually uh, – worsens your mood typically in the long run then Mm. there's also like exercise if you're not being active there's lots of studies that show exercise improves mood as well um but also you know people tend to like suppress or you know hide or just avoid like dealing with like some some past issues whether whether it was traumatic or not it's it's like they get stuck in the past and yeah the transformational work that we do is about like how do you like let go of the past? And, you know, I do, I have had a lot of training in counseling and um, hypnotherapy and other um, like behavioral science 
modalities, mm-hmm. but you know, the transformational work, which is really helpful. I'm not, not definitely not discounting. I like, I love, I love this stuff, but I also love the transformational stuff. It just like, it's a good balance to have both to really like explore and dig deep on like what's going on yeah. there. Cause if you just keep avoiding it, it's not like if, the more you resist, the more it persists kind of a thing. It's right. going to not really fix it. And that's a really good, like, I mean, I guess it's maybe a strange topic to say, like, so what is something that like avoiding does to mm-hmm. people's health? Yeah. And that, that ties beyond just like mental, mental, emotional health. But like when we avoid a problem, like let's say like in my medicine, we're looking at like the root cause. So if you have like persistent headaches, for Mm -hmm. example, and all you're doing is just like suppressing the headache with like Advil. And I'm not saying like taking an Advil once in a while, it's probably not going to be bad. But if you're like result can just relying on it every day after day, Mm -hmm. after day, after day, then it's like, you're not really looking at what's going on underneath of all of that. And maybe it's yeah. like, you have to look at the stress in your life. Yeah. You know, how are you dealing with stress from work or your family, yeah. your marriage, your kids? Like, how's that going? Or maybe there's like a bunch of tension in your neck and and you need to get like a body work regularly to yeah. address it. Or maybe there's like some other underlying medical condition that's going on rather than just constantly suppressing or like avoiding really the root cause of the problem. Right. You want to like really look at like what's causing it so we can take that part away. Yeah. That's a really great point. You know, and I remember for myself, uh, when I, my very first relationship, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean, I only know this now because of all the, like, you know, being a coach and being a certified coach and then all the transformational work that I've done. And I can like, now I can pinpoint these headaches I used to start, I was getting towards the end of my relationship. And I didn't know why I was constantly like having these migraine headaches. I never get headaches. And um, I remember the day we had a fight and I knew we were gonna break up. Mm -hmm. when I left, I had this serious headache and I was just like, what is this? Why am I getting this headache? Why am I getting this headache? And I had this realization, oh, I need to break up with him. Mm -hmm. And when I got home, we had the conversation, we broke up and literally my headache stopped. Yeah. Like, and I realized, oh, Whenever I have a headache like that, I have to get rid of something, something I'm dealing with that I should not be dealing with. I have, I've been avoiding it. Mm-hmm. I've been avoiding dealing with it and I've been allowing it to build and build in my life. And it manifested as a serious migraine headache and no amount of sleep, coffee, pills <laughs> didn't yeah. do anything. Right. Right. Is there anything like that with your patients or what in your life that you do with that? You're like, oh, this is connected because I'm avoiding something. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I see that all the time where, you know, I really like your your mental and emotional well-being. If that's not really being supportive, if you're like avoiding like a difficult relationship or a difficult conversation, that can that can actually if you let it persist, that can manifest in physical symptoms like a headache, like like what you were experiencing. So I, I do see that like frequently with a lot of a lot of my patients and that's why I want to look at all aspects of your life not just like what the labs say but I I mean I do look at the labs but I also want to look at everything else too yeah so I mean why is like because you know 
over the years, mental health, the subject has been coming up more and more and more. Mm, yeah. Like, why, especially particularly with men, because I find a lot of men avoid even admitting that they have mm-hmm. something. So, like, why is this subject so, in your opinion, like, so important to, like, really put it, like, at the forefront? Oh, it's, it's so absolutely important. I think it's just... It's really unfortunate, in my opinion, that people kind of have this taboo feeling of of, a, of yeah. standard that, like, if you go to a therapist, you're, like, crazy. It's a, it's a lot of shame around therapy. Yeah, there's a lot of shame. And there's, you know, like, getting help mentally. Just because you can't see the disease doesn't right. mean it doesn't exist. Like, depression, anxiety is just as real as, like, a headache or, like, um, a sprained ankle or something like that yeah. that you could see. So, I mean... For me, why actually that really what you just said about men and how they like avoid, you know, expressing their emotions and their feelings or being vulnerable with people. I, that's actually something I, I'm really passionate about and really care about. I did a this masculinity project last mm. week to kind of or not last week, last year, last year I did this <laughs> masculinity project that was to really address that whole thing where, you know, men. 10, this is not like all men, I'm saying. And I can't speak right. on behalf of all men because I'm not one. But <laughs> like the, trends, the trends that I've seen, like, you know, the, the patients that come to my office are primarily women. And it's not just for mental health. I think like men in general are less likely to just go to a doctor. Yeah. Get general care as well as like mental health as issues as, as well. And I think it's just like this culture expectation that we have to be like machismo masculine Mm -hmm. we don't share feelings the only anger or like the only feeling men are allowed to express is anger and like nothing else and that's that's detrimental in my opinion because you're you're a human being you have feelings it's okay to feel sad yeah like you know you know have struggles because we we all do and but the fact that when you don't share those struggles with other people um and again, this isn't all men, but like the men I, I've heard who are dealing with depression, they sometimes they sometimes they tell me that they feel like isolated and alone and they can't share anything with anyone because of like that fear of like what they might think. Well, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's still this this uh, stigma around its weakness is actually not mm-hmm. like you're really taking care of yourself. And I remember, I'm so glad you said that, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe we could talk about creating another podcast around you know, oh, the masculine totally. project, you oh, know what I mean? Because it. it's something that I really want to help bring to the forefront, crack mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I there's a friend of mine who recently broke up. I didn't I didn't know he had broke up with his girlfriend. And I just casually asked him about his relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but as a coach, when people start to talk about things and they're I could so hear the avoiding and all this stuff he didn't mm-hmm. want to really share. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, how are you doing? He was like, then he got defensive. He was like, oh, you know, oh, you looking for another client? And I was just like, <laughs> no, I'm just, I generally want to know yeah. how you're doing. So what if I'm looking for another client? I can help you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, that's not what I'm asking you. Right. I just want to know how, like, how you're doing. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm fine or something like that. And I was like, no, you're not. Like, just be honest. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, I said, no, you're not. I said, you're probably mm-hmm. drinking every day mm-hmm. and you're not getting any sleep and you're avoiding talking about it. And then he looked at me and then he said, yep, I'm, he literally is like, yeah, 
that's what I'm doing. He, and then and then he kind of made a joke. He's like, I literally kind of blacked out three days in a row. And I was just like, and you and that just okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you would rather drink yourself into oblivion and allow mm-hmm. someone like me or someone else to help you get mm-hmm. through that so you can be a healthier person in life for yourself and for the next relationship. Yeah. And man, we gotta crack this open. We do. Uh, we do. No, like, it's like a serious thing. I'm yeah. like the like suicide is one of the top killers for men under 50. It's like a real wow. thing. And it's like, you know, I really believe like this can because of like this masculinity, like this um, machismo masculinity thing where men can't shock, talk or share their emotions. It like, it leads to like higher rates of depression um, or, or suicide. Men are more likely to act on suicide versus women, even though like, you know, there's similar. And then there's also like higher rates of addiction. Mm. There's higher rates of abuse. Um, yeah. There's just like a lot of stuff. And I, again, I'm not saying this is all men, but just like, you know, men are dealing with a lot and I, I can't even begin to imagine what that's like, but I know like being able to connect and like really share with people on their vulnerability about your struggles actually doesn't, it, it isn't weakness. So that, in my opinion, it's strength. It right. takes real courage. Yeah, to really it takes real courage. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's another interesting thing. I'm not sure if you're getting this around your program. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this whole topic about when people just say, and you say, how you doing? People go, oh, I'm fine. And we just like walk away from it. Yeah. And I, it was just a couple of days ago. Um, I asked, I saw this guy who I knew and I was like, how you doing? And he said, oh, I'm fine. Now, normally I was just like, oh, okay, I'm fine too. And I kind of walked away. But there was this nagging thing, this voice. Like mm. my coach is like, don't step mm. over that. Don't step over that. Don't step over that. <laughs> yeah, right. So the hours passed and I asked mm-hmm. him again. He's like, and I was like, listen, dude, you're not fine. Mm-hmm. And he said, why do you think that? I said, look at your face. Like yeah. there's something going on with you. Just spit it out. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I got a text that I got gonorrhea. And mm. and I was like, okay, great. You're not gonna die. True. And yeah. he was like, right. I'm not gonna die. No. And and I was like, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna yeah. go get to the doctor and take care mm-hmm. of it. Right. He was like, right. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. You know, just just mm-hmm. the, the willingness to like not really not make him wrong not shame him from what he mm-hmm. has because mm-hmm. you know something like gonorrhea or chlamydia is a common you know sexual disease it's that happens common. you know yeah. what i mean but our thoughts and our feelings make it mean something much more than what it is and then now we're over here with ourselves mm-hmm. dealing with something that we can actually take care of and this is what a lot of, i mean a lot of people in life and particularly men and gay men just don't open up and just share mm. themselves in a way that allow others to contribute. They just, they just, we would, men just want to hold on to it, mm-hmm. you know, and internally deal with things which is not serving us at all. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. That so, was, go yeah, ahead. Come in. 
Oh, I was just, yeah, I was like, yeah, they, I, I just see this trend of men being like silent sufferers. It's just like, mm. they feel like they, they got to do it on their own. They got to figure it out on their own rather than like ask for help, ask for support. And, you know, this was like what happened with my father. He, you know, um, before I started this transformational work, I um, had this relationship with my father that was, let's talk about like school and work. It's very superficial. Yeah. That was, that was it. And through this work, I actually have now, I have like this amazing, well-connected relationship with my father. And it took me well over a year to like get him involved in this work too. But I finally like, because we had improved and expanded our relationship where we could talk about our struggles and things, he started to open up more to me. And I really got to like hear like, the stuff that he's dealing with and how stressed he out out he is with like the conflicts that he was having with my mother and it um it kind of like got to the point so bad where it's like yeah you you really need to do something about this like this is like killing you the stress is killing yeah. you, causing his blood pressure to raise off out of the roof and yeah this is breaking my heart i can't i i do not want to see you suffer this is why i keep like pushing this class on you and um when he took the three-day weekend class, he he was so free. He really got that. He thought he was self-expressed before um, he did the class because he's a really like a friendly guy. He's got a lot of friends. He likes talkative. He's good at public speaking, all of that. And what he realized that he was not self-expressed at all, that mm. he had been holding back. He never, ever shared his struggles with anyone because he doesn't want to look wow. or like weak. Wow, yeah. And what he got was realizing that he... Um, he actually, when he shares his struggles, he feels connected with people mm. and he feels happy and alive and free. Mm, and, wow. and yeah, it was just like a beautiful thing wow. to watch. And now he's just so self-expressed and, you know, he's wow. you know, I've seen him cry. It's just like, it's amazing. I don't know if wow. you can tell the world that, but that's <laughs> yeah, <whatever. laughs> okay. I love my dad more because <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. So what are some signs that people may not even know they might be depressed or dealing with something like what are some signs that people can start mm -hmm. looking for that then maybe they can start taking action maybe see someone a coach or a therapist like so what are the signs you that people should be aware of that's happening in their life that say hey i think i might need to talk to someone like what what, what would you say yeah i think some of the signs is if you like notice yourself like defaulting to like alcohol or other substances on a regular daily or nearly daily basis that's mm. like you know you may or may not be an alcoholic but just like if that's your go-to way to like like you just want to wash all your worries away with booze or some other substance or maybe it's food people do that too they yeah. they result <laughs> to like cakes and sugar Papa, and cookies yeah. like they default to the ice cream to deal with their issues rather than like really like taking it on and really get like to the bottom of what's what's really there and so if you're like resorting to like food or drugs or alcohol or something else, whatever it is, um, rather than like looking at it, that's, that's something to kind of notice. And then also if you're, if you're, if you're complaining a lot, if you're just like really dissatisfied with your life and then you're like not doing anything about it, yeah. I would invite you to like, Hey, maybe consider like getting help, trying something. And yeah, it could be ther a therapist. If that doesn't help, then try coaching. If that doesn't help, try something different. Just take a different action yeah. to see what really will get you out of that cycle of like that same complaint that you're dealing with. 
Yeah. And you really have to like really be like honest with yourself and really like, you know, stop pretending that life is okay when if you really like look at it, you're miserable and just yeah. be straight about that. Yeah. yeah. I think another thing you can do too, is just like ask a friend. Yeah, <laughs> say, totally. Like, hey, do I complain about something or am I <laughs> drinking enough food? Right. Be concerned and just say, be honest. Be yeah, totally yeah. honest. And you, mm-hmm. you can't uh, make them wrong for being honest. You have to give Ooh. them that space to be honest. Yeah. Right. And I, that is like, you know, a gift in itself, mm-hmm. asking your friends to like, hey, I want to ask you, can you be honest with me? I'm not going to react. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say anything back. I just want feedback on my behavior because it's right. so valuable that it can mm-hmm. really help cause a breakthrough in your own life. You know what I mean? Right. Like it just, you know, I remember I had, um, I, I, I called up an ex, a guy who I dated for a long time because mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, I was taking another, this other course and they was like, ask these questions to people in your life. And mm-hmm. I saw these patterns in my dating and I wanted to know how I was acting and behaving. And I asked him, I said, you know, um, what did I say? I said, have I, uh, what am I, what are my weaknesses? Mm-hmm. And then he said, <laughs> he was like, yeah, you're not good at conflict. He's like, when when things come up, you shut down, and there's no possibility to get through at all. It's like mm-hmm. a no. And I was mm-hmm. like, I had to mute the phone. I was like, holy shit, because <laughs> I was like, I am like that. Like this person had no shot with me because if any tension arise, I shut it down. There's no conversation, and I'm like, how am I supposed to be? this person who wants a loving relationship, like, of course there's problems going to happen. Yeah. If I'm shutting the conversation down, then right. there there is no relationship. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Problems are going to happen in relationships. That's right. the reality of it. And yeah, that's, that's a beautiful thing you discovered for yourself. Yeah. So, so what are some other things that people can start to cultivate in their life to start mm-hmm becoming healthier, becoming, mm-hmm. you know, creating space so they can, like, for men to to be able to share, like, what do they need to say to their male friends? Like, what do they need to say to the people in their life to sort of, like, crack that open for themselves so they can create a space or an environment for them to share that? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, you know, just being willing to, to be vulnerable. I mean, you don't know how it's going to go, you know, I don't know if your friends are going to like ridicule you or not. And if they do, then they're not really a great friend. Right. (laughs) But if it's like, find someone in your life, maybe it's like your parents or siblings or like college friend, whoever that you are struggling with, like they're there for you. And I realized, you know, when I actually had moved, um, I'm in California now, but I had moved from Seattle to Maryland and I just moved back to California a few months ago. And when I moved to Maryland, I realized, you know, I felt really kind of alone and isolated. I moved there for a relationship. Um, and I had some like friends, but no, no one like on a deeper level that I was connecting with. And I, I was kind of feeling like alone and isolated. I didn't even realize it. I was, I thought life was like fine in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is fine. fine yeah, yeah, whatever, Netflix and chill. And then I just realized, you know, my relationship and then like, and my connections with people was just really 
not what it used to be. And I, I realized, you know, I didn't want to like bother my friends with like my problems because I know they had a lot going on in their life. And I realized like later on, no, it's not bothering them. They love me. They care about me. They want me to like succeed and feel happy. So, you know, me sharing myself and my struggles with them is not not burdening them. It's actually connecting us. Yeah. And yeah it, it gives them an opportunity to share what they're dealing with in life. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell talk to me like um like do you have a coach in your life or do you go to therapy for yourself? Yeah, I've I've done plenty of therapy <laughs> for myself. <laughs> plenty of therapy. You know, I really like believe leave like, you know, and everyone could benefit from seeing a therapist. I've done years of therapy, different types of therapies. Um, but not recently. Recently I've been really into the transformational personal development work. Um, and yeah, I do have a coach right now and that's really, it's kind of, it's different, but really like amazing. And I've, it's kind of gotten me in action with my life and getting, rather than just like getting stuck in a rut, it really like pushes me to another level. And I, I have like various coaches through this program and it, it is like a love hate relationship because it's like, yeah, they're, they're pushing me to like, really like increase my performance, my effectiveness in life. And, and it ha- it does make me feel like so alive and invigorated and happy. Um, at the same time, it's just like, it's way beyond my comfort zone. <laughs> right, <I'm sure. laughs> and it's like, uh, and you know, I get that like, yeah, they, they see the greatness that I, I can be, that I am, and what I could achieve. And I don't necessarily always see it for myself. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's possible or if that could happen. But they, they believe in me. And so that kind of keeps me motivated and well, yeah. keep going. And I honestly, you know, these last few couple years that I've started this work, I have never felt more alive and happy than I have wow. ever felt. Yeah, wow. so it's been amazing. That therapy was like amazing and wonderful and had huge breakthroughs in itself. But like this transformational work just has taken it to a whole nother level. It's definitely my favorite thing I've done so far. So can you share an area of life where, you know, it was one way, then you started getting coaching Mm -hmm. and then it just like, it just started to dramatically change for you. Yeah. I mean, I, the one area that I've had like the hugest breakthroughs in is dating and relationships for me mm. and that's why I love like talking about dating with with people <laughs> it's like I love I love it. it excites me when people like get to talk about that and like basically my story was you know I had for years I had been blaming my father for why I was dating emotionally unavailable men all up in my 20s and um and I was like I don't I don't get why like yeah I, I got dumped a lot of times in my 20s. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, with well, I just like couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's like I'd be willing to like to do anything for them or just like and I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And it's just like there's something something wrong or missing in my mind. And I couldn't figure it out. And I worked through a lot of it in therapy and I thought I had figured it out because I finally got into like a healthy four year relationship. And so I thought I like made it, <laughs> got it figured out. <laughs> but apparently, I made it. No. I, yeah, I was like, I made it. I made it for your relationship, so I'm good. Um, so when I actually first heard about like the landmark programs, I was like, oh, I'm I'm good. I don't need it. And and then um, and then my my brother did the class first, and um, he he had never had a girlfriend before and I was like pushing him into therapy and like pushing him to try different things. And, um, how old was he? 
He was 27 at the time and he had actually never had a girlfriend in his life. And um, after he he did the landmark course, he started dating a girl like three months later and he's now engaged to her. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so huge breakthroughs. So that like, you know, he he had done therapy, he had done a lot of other things too. And this was the thing that like helped him get through his like self-confidence all these like stories the about himself. yeah I really got to that and um when he w- he started dating her he was telling me about like these dates that we- he was having with her like eight hour dates of deep conversation and when he was sharing that with me I was like so jealous <laughs> I was like so <laughs> jealous I was like oh my god I have been with my boyfriend for like almost three years or more I don't even remember and I was like I can't even remember the last time I had a deep conversation with him and so that really like bugged me. And I was like, I was like to my boyfriend, I was like, we're doing this. <laughs> we're gonna do this. So so we did, and it totally like changed um, our our connection and improved our connection, our communication. Wow. Like, got where we were like, you know, I got how I was like creating a lot of like stories about him and I was seeing him through these filters and it just kind of like cut through all of that. So I could just like so we could really just be free to be ourselves. And that was like, oh, that was so nice <laughs> to just be ourselves. And we got like, we got clear that, you know, when we could be ourselves that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like we were on different pages in life and we could just be really straight and authentic about like how we wanted different things in life. And ultimately that relationship didn't work. Um, but really, honestly, that was probably one of the best decisions. And we're still friends. We're good friends. No resentment, no hang- anger, hate, or anything. It's just like we want different things in life, and we we support each other in, in what they want, and it just doesn't work out to have that together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I somehow got back into the dating scene um, and had quite the dating journey. It was, like, different in my 30s compared to when I was in my 20s. Right, yeah. And I... Um, yeah, I, I realized in my, my dating, because of this transformational work, I realized how I've been being in relationships is like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Like I'm living through this like filter like of he doesn't care. And I'm trying to find evidence that like he doesn't care. Yeah, so like yeah. there was like this moment. And um, so I started dating someone new in August and we have like this amazing, amazing, so connected relationship. He actually moved across the country for me, which is like incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been great. But actually in the beginning of our relationship, we did get into some conflicts and, you know, you know, if it wasn't for this transformational work, we'd definitely be broken up by now. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Um, Because like I was getting in my way and I didn't know what was getting in my way, which was like, I was like going through my relationships, looking for evidence that they don't care. And like, Yeah, no, not now. No, I I gave that up. I gave that up. But yeah, back then when we were dating early on, it's like I like what happened was he was working like 60 hour weeks um, at a job he hates. And 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 I was like, you know, and he was he he claimed to care about me, but it just felt like he was putting work as a bigger priority than me someone he really like so says he cares about and I was like yeah whatever so we like got in a fight about that and what happened I really got clear that it was um you know I'm I'm getting so upset at him because it feels like he doesn't care and that's just that's just not true that's just not true at all it's just like this belief I had about him um just because of like this 
all these stories from my past and all of that. And that like, you know, I felt like a disappointment of a daughter to my father. And that wasn't true, but that was just like a story right. I told myself. Yeah, right. And so, um, well, to resolve the fight, basically, I was like, oh man, I realized I haven't been really like getting into your world and like understand like what you're dealing with. And I was just creating like, like you working so much means you don't care about me. And that's just not true at all. And um, I was like, yeah, this is like, you know, it's like I'm sitting in this rowboat watching you like drown in the water in front of me and I'm getting mad at you because you're not helping me row this boat. <laughs> When in reality, I should just like be giving you a hand, lending you a hand or throwing your life preserver to get you out of the water at first, other than just like being upset, like mm. that you're not being caring enough to me. You're not prioritizing me rather than me being like, hey, wow, you're dealing with a lot. You know, how can I support you? Kind of like thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, that's so great. Like I, you know, so many good things that you share, but the one <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. thing about like a lot of people dating don't even realize that they are dating through a filter and they mm -hmm. are looking for evidence that, mm -hmm. you know, you don't care, you don't support me, why aren't you getting back to me, you know, mm -hmm. these things like that and, you know, and I mean, even in my own, <laughs> like dating, you know what I mean? We all have them. We yeah. all have them and sometimes... Yeah, we do. And sometimes, you know, when you give up the story, you look at the reality, like, oh, this person is really not, just not really interested. Like, I just need mm -hmm. to move on. It just right. helps me get clarity. Right. You know, I had, you know, recently met this guy on a train. I got his number, very handsome mm -hmm. Greek and whatnot. <laughs> and very sexy. He was like, just, I was like, oh, yes. Like, he's like my, the thing that I want, you know, and I was mm -hmm. so excited and, mm -hmm. You know, I, I immediately got action. I called him once I got off of the train and he texted me back. He said, hey, I'm at work. And then something weird happened with our, the numbers. Like, he wasn't getting my text. I already I was cursing him in my mind. But he uh, he found me on another dating app. And then oh. he said, hey, I haven't heard from you. I was like, I have. I've been texting you. Yeah. And then he was like, I was like, well, here's my number. Text me. Then the number came up. It was the same number, but in a different box i was like oh that is so weird oh. in my head i was like oh my god i'm like making mm -hmm. him wrong mm -hmm. like i'm looking for evidence and all this right. other stuff right right and so then you know we were the texting was fine and all of a sudden i was like okay this is not really what i want i want to i want to actually meet this person mm -hmm. like i'm like waiting and I, I think i discovered like oh i'm waiting it's me that needs to take like call Mm -hmm. So I called, he didn't answer, called again, he didn't answer. He always texts back, never pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something's off, like, yeah. you know. But anyway, just like my, like, looking for evidence of, like, he doesn't care. And he's quiet. Then it finally came out, oh, he owns a, a beauty salon. So he was working seven, six, almost seven days a week. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So like giving right. up to other services, <laughs> a constant giving up. So right. I won't be angry and mad at this person <laughs> who I don't even know or haven't even met yet, mm -hmm. you know? And um, then finally, you know, I, I redid forum and then mm -hmm. and, I, and I was again getting annoyed with him and I was like hey I want to talk to you in the next 30 minutes I was mm -hmm. like, hey I really don't want to play this like texting game I really would love to see you this weekend 
He's like, okay, let's make plans, blah, blah, blah. And we, we made plans. Then, you know, Texas, then I had this feeling. Oh. And I said, because we made plans for, I, I, I talked to him on Saturday when I got home on Sunday. And I wasn't going to say anything, but I was just like, okay, just check in to see the confirmed Monday. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, sorry, I'm at the beach. Won't be seeing you tomorrow. And I was like, Ooh. And I was like, why am I like chasing this unavailable person? Mm. And I was just like, because then I'm not making myself available to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not honoring myself. And, you know, I'm like in this sort of desperate like way of being because I just want that connection. And mm. I'm just like, start really giving that connection to yourself and start really giving that love to yourself. And I was just like, Right. Like, yeah. I'm not giving it to myself. <laughs> right. I'm over there looking for it mm-hmm. out there, but I have to give it to myself first. I oh, totally. myself. Like, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is what we do in dating. We're looking this for it. This is what we do. And we look for it out there right. and not even giving ourselves that and expecting and having all this like expectation on the other person to mm. give it to us. And we get mad and upset that we look evidence. See, he don't care. Yeah, he <laughs> don't care. It's like, whatever. It's yeah. like, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> get yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you find it hard as a coach and, mm-hmm. you know, a doctor, like when you're with your friends that you hear, you hear what's underneath what they're saying and you <laughs> see your face. <laughs> yeah. You want to say something, but you don't say it. Like, how do you deal with that? It kind of all, I've kind of learned. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't, like, I've learned over a lot of bad experiences to ask, like, hey, you know, I'm hearing, like, you say this, this, and this. Can I give you, like, some coaching that maybe might help deal with that complaint that you're you have and sometimes I say yes sometimes I say no but I realized yeah instead of just launching into my coaching (laughs) (laughs) like it helps if I like preface it with that and give them that choice because yeah some people are just not in a space to hear it they they sometimes they 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 live to like live in their complaint they don't know other life and they don't even think it's like possible to like have something else which is unfortunate because there's always like a possibility if you like are willing to look but yeah, they have to be willing. So that's yeah. that's my experience. But I have like sometimes I like sneak it in <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> it's just like, hey, you know, would you consider like looking at this like perspective? And yeah, yeah kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, so we're coming towards the end, so I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Mm-hmm. Sure. And just tell me what comes to your mind. So, what does a life of love mean to you? Yeah, I I love that question. That's great. What does a life of love mean to me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you really touched on it earlier before, Jimmy, when you were talking about, like, the importance of self-love. I think that is so critical and important. And just, like, like I I had been living in a, in a story, like, I'm unlovable, and that's probably was the result of unsuccessful relationship after unsuccessful mm. relationship yeah, wow. when I really got that like no I am like whole perfect and complete and I am lovable then I can and I like I can be whole and complete on my own I don't need anyone else 
yeah. like to like complete me. You gotta be complete on your own yeah. first, and then you can invite love, other loves, whether it's romantic or family or other things. It's just like that self love is just really the most critical thing in my opinion and that's that I think is like the thing that interferes with people's ability to even like get healthy like if they're struggling with weight or struggling with other like um treatment plans that I I give them it's like there's there's something going on on a deeper level and it's you know I think that's kind of underlying for most people actually that they're not even present or aware of Right. So when you're when you're willing to like look at like how often does that show up in your life, that that can make the difference. You have to like actually be be open to discovery. Yeah. Right, and it's something too you just get done too. And I just realized too that a lot of us, especially sometimes myself, like we don't even acknowledge ourselves some even the little progress that we're making, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we would rather stick in that complaint, and then to really acknowledge yourself for just being in the court of our lives and actually doing something. I remember I got a client at the exercise where I said, I don't think you're really aware of the progress you've already been making. Right. I said, every day, look in the mirror and acknowledge yourself for something you got done and accomplished. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, see, there it is. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even, aren't even present to where you have grown already. Mm. Just on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Right. And you haven't stopped to look at that. Even myself, I was like, let me do this. And I was just like acknowledging myself for like the progress that my clients have had. And I like got so emotional, just like, holy crap. Like I haven't acknowledged myself for the progress I have made myself as a coach. Right. And here I am telling my clients to do this. I need to do this for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So how do you disrupt your patterns? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I get coaching. I get, oh, yeah, that, that makes a difference. And I just like, you know, I got to just take an honest look at myself. And sometimes I have like these moments where I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing that again. And, and it's okay that it happens. And it's not it's important to like not beat yourself up that I fall into like my old patterns occasionally. I'm a human yeah. being. It's okay to have compassion for myself. That in itself is a huge breakthrough. And to really know that like, you know, I'm, I, I'm doing the best I can. I know there's always opportunities for growth, but, you know, to really be happy and content with who I am right now. It's like, that's the love. And before I would have been like, no, I got to prove myself. I got to like do all these things. I got to get all these degrees. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get that. I'm going to totally take all over the world. But but I also, <laughs> I got I got to be happy and content with myself too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So how do you want to impact the world with your work? Yeah, I, I want to make... A difference in the world and I want to make sure that everyone in the world feels like heard understood and, and loved I don't feel like that's enough mm. or that's most people just don't feel like they're heard and understood or loved and and I think yeah so like nobody feels alone I, I, I hear that and I, 
it's it takes something to really like be present and listen to people and i'm even like training myself i thought i was like a good listener before because i was like I'm a doctor <laughs> i listen to program is teaching you huh? <laughs> it's like a whole different type of listening of actively listening and oh, really yes. like because i was like as a doctor actually is a struggle for me as a doctor because before as a doctor i'm listening in a way to like try to help them or fix them rather than just listening to just be with them and that's like yeah. a, a different and way rather than like up in my head about like okay what am i going to do next just like be with them and like really make sure they feel like gotten and heard right. and yeah. you're actually like listening for what is going to make the difference yeah for them and not just like oh you have back pain here is Tylenol right or whatever <laughs> you right. know what i mean you're yeah you're training yourself to listen for what is going to make the difference for them mm-hmm. and yeah yeah beautiful yeah. So what does a juicy love life look like to you? <laughs> what does a juicy love life look like to me? Good question. <laughs> uh, juicy love life is, you know, I have to say, like, the love life I have now is pretty pretty juicy. It's amazing where, you know, it's. I guess I'll, t- I'll share the story of, like, how we met. And, um, you know, because I had been on lots of dates from my, my breakup with my long-term boyfriend of almost four years. Um, that was like in February and then I met my new guy in August so it was like a six month gap of like lots of dating figuring out the whole swiping apps was like things so I was like but it was actually a lot of fun um in hindsight just because of my way of being was like I'm just gonna make this a fun adventure kind of like thing and just like be myself rather than like how I think I should be on a date versus like how I just am (laughs) makes a difference. And um, my first date with TJ, the guy I'm seeing right now, like we just had a coffee date. We actually met on Tinder and um, yeah. (laughs) And he, he, we like from the very first date, it was like, wasn't, I don't, I don't, I'm not one to like believe in love at first sight. I'm, that's just how I am. I feel like lust at first sight is a real thing, but, yeah. <laughs> but love at first sight, I'm like skeptical about that, but it, it really like felt like love at first conversation. We just like connected mm. so well. It was just like authentic. We could like really be free to be ourselves. And, you know, we weren't afraid to like hold back on like how excited we are we were to like talk to each other and we were just like hit it off like amazing chemistry from the beginning and it just like sustained that and it was incredible and you know I didn't think it was gonna go anywhere ultimately it was just kind of like no expectations because I was gonna move to California and you know we had only been dating a few months I was like no one expects you to move across the country for me um but you know he was like well you, you never know what's gonna happen so let's just date until you move at least and I was like okay if you're okay with that I'm okay with that and um and then it came time for me to move and uh he was talking about like looking at jobs in California and I was like what <laughs> I didn't expect that and I think I I think what made it so great and like so profoundly loving was that because before in past relationships I felt like I was probably a little controlling, a little like pressury, <laughs> like yeah. how I wanted the relationship to be a certain you way. You were controlling. I was yeah, a controlling were... man. I, like, <laughs> I don't know if you could tell. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what was different in this relationship that I think made it so great from the beginning is like, because I was moving, there was really like just no expectations on the table. Like, I don't know. I didn't expect him to move. I just like was like, let's just enjoy the moment each and every moment and and that's kind of what like enhanced our connection in my opinion where we kind of like didn't have expectations we just wanted to like enjoy each other's company and 
yeah, it led to a beautiful thing and um, it led to him moving across the country for me. And, wow. you know, we had we had some like a rocky start because then like there was like the expectation. So we got to make this work out now because you moved across the country and that kind of like we, we worked through it because, you know, he's done some work himself. And so, you know, we worked through our communication. We we really like are committed to each other. And yeah, it's just like an amazingly like deep connected love. Yeah. And there's something that I don't want to step off of what you, what you just said is so mm-hmm. interesting and so great. I have to point to it. When you didn't have any expectations, you are mm-hmm. free to be who you are. Yes. But the minute you guys place expectations, <laughs> I know. You gotta be this, you gotta be doing this, you gotta be like, right? Yeah, this is a guess. Yeah, so all you guys that are listening, the minute you put expectations on mm-hmm. things, you are not free to be. Yeah. Not and you you don't allow the other person to show up and then you don't even show up mm-hmm. because you have all these considerations and concerns and expectations and you mm-hmm. not you don't even know how to be. Like that's what's creating the awkwardness because you're like trying to figure out because you have this expectation of yeah. how to adjust and be with the person. Well just get rid of it and just have yeah. fun and be yeah. curious. Right. And I'm not <laughs> saying like you can have certain like wants and desires like you can have like like deal breakers in relationships but just like don't expect to like change your partner it's just like your partner is who you are accept them and love them for who they are and who they're not Uh, yeah and like and i think that was like the problem in my last relationship was like i was hoping to like mold him into who i wanted him to be rather than just like accept him for who he is he is who he is and then like instead of just like hoping like that person is going to just change and come around or whatever, just like, you know, enjoy company, get to know each other. And yeah, if he doesn't hit like your, your must haves or then like be willing to walk away. But you know, otherwise, you know, but just be free and loving and accepting. Cause yeah, once you put like expectations and desire to like change them. Yeah. Yeah. So great. That's, that's not so great. That's should yeah. This is how you should be in the relationship. Totally wrecked all my relationships. <laughs> yeah. Right, yes, and that's yeah. another good one. The minute you say you yeah. should, you should do this. You should be like that is doing another this one. It's just yeah. like yeah, it's a, your, yeah. Your it's love not is not unconditional. It's conditional. It's conditional. It's no. Yeah. 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 Oh my God! Thank you so much for being on the <laughs> yeah, show. You're welcome. All these nuggets. Um, yes. So, where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me at www.dralicefong.com. I'm also on Instagram, same same username, Dr. Alice Fong, and Facebook. Um, my Facebook page is facebook.com backslash Dr. Alice Fong, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Facebook, Instagram, my website, you can find it all. And yeah, you can like check out my my video big blog series, Love Lessons with Dr. Alice where I share lots, lots more fun of my dating stories of my own love life. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I, I want to check it out, but again, yeah. thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing yourself. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey guys. So don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter, simply Jimmy. And don't forget to rate, rate, subscribe, comment and share this podcast if you enjoyed it thank you guys for joining me this is jimmy allen with crazy juicy love